and I remember doing this on Pinterest, is I went through and found images, like I spent like a month collecting images, putting them on a board. These are images I would like to say I was the artist for. And then I went and analyzed what are those things? What do all those things have in common that I'm wanting to bring to my art? Well, at the time, I was just doing like more the pet portraits and portraits of animals. So I wanted to incorporate more of the environment. Once I started doing that, then I'm like, oh, now I want to do the landscapes Mm. with the animal Mm -hmm. in it. That's secondary Mm -hmm. to me, you know? Today's podcast is brought to you by the Face Value Course, the Sharpened Artist Academy flagship course. Have you been frustrated trying to draw portraits in colored pencil? Do you want to draw people confidently and accurately, but don't know where to start? Or maybe you're just tired of copying another artist's line drawing. I get it. The Face Value Course, now in its fourth year, will give you the tools you need to create your own original portraits. You'll be given a step-by-step system for independent decision-making, bite-sized exercises, and live weekly office hours interaction to keep you accountable. The pre-sale has ended, but enrollment for the course is still open, and there's still time for you to join the 2021 cohort. Just go to the show notes for the link before enrollment closes. We also get support from Amazon Music Unlimited, and we're talking about more than just a music service here, guys. For example, you can stream the Color Pencil podcast on your Amazon Echo device through Amazon Music. So it features 70 million songs and thousands of expert program playlists and stations. All of this is available ad-free. And I've got some very exciting news right now. If you sign up now to Amazon Music, you'll not only get one month free, you'll get a total of three months free. Now, this special promotion ends on May 24th. So to activate that free trial, just go to getamazonmusic.com slash sharp. The Color Pencil Podcast is brought to you by UART Premium Sanded Paper. What makes it different from other sanded papers? One thing is the way that the grain is applied to the paper. There is an electrostatic charge that pulls the grain up towards the paper and is applied from the bottom up. Why does that matter? Because it's an even distribution of the grain to the paper. And so you can have very fine grains, like an 800 grade on the paper, a very velvety kind of touch to the paper. If you've never tried UART Santa paper before, then go over to the show notes, click on the link, and there are seven different grades to choose from. It comes in a beige and a dark, comes in sheets, pads, rolled and mounted boards. And we thank UART Santa paper for their support of the Colored Pencil Podcast. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a colored pencil podcast. Weekly discussions in and around this medium that we love so much. Hey there, welcome back to the show. My name is John Middick of SharpenedArtist.com. This is the Sharpened Artist Color Pencil Podcast. I appreciate you listening week to week so much. It means a lot to me. I am so excited to welcome to the show today, Catherine Hansen. She is a color pencil artist. She's a wildlife and a landscape artist. I'm real excited about that. And she did a recent piece that I just fell in love with. She is everywhere, though. If you're not familiar with her... 
she does TikTok. She has her own website, obviously. She is on Instagram. Um, what don't you do in social media there, Catherine? <laughs> I don't do YouTube. Oh, no, no YouTube. <laughs> okay. But if you look over on her about page and you scroll down past the bio and everything else, you look in publications, she's been published in Strokes of Genius. Uh, let's see, I keep going down. She has a BFA. Um, I'm just hitting some highlights here. If you look at her curriculum vitae, it's as, as long as I am tall. So welcome to the show, Catherine. So excited you're here. Thank you so much, John. It's a really wonderful honor. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, awesome. The biggest question that we always start out with is, what got you started? I mean, you have a BFA, but uh, were you always using colored pencil like in uh, your professional art? Or is this something that you gravitated to, to towards later on? Or tell me the origin here. Oh, yeah. I mean, I never even um, contemplated using colored pencil until about... Uh, 2000, towards the end of 2014, when I saw it showing up in this group I belong to called the Pencil Art Society. Oh. Uh, they're not around anymore, but okay. I don't know if you remember them. No. But um, most people were graphite uh, pencil drawers. Okay. And um, then all of a sudden I started seeing people doing color. And, you know, I suppose like everyone else, you just think colored pencils was something that, you know, we used for my kids art projects yeah so <laughs> not like <Exactly>. a <laughs> viable uh medium for an artist yeah. so yeah. um yeah so i never was even exposed to color but it's about the only medium i haven't been uh, ever used uh throughout my whole time as an artist so uh that's when i first came aware of it and so did you see some works that you just thought wow i guess it can do more than i thought it could do that kind of thing yeah, okay. I, I I don't know whose work I saw in that show, but um, it was I, there had to be two or three pieces in there, and I was just really um, fascinated by it. That you know, when you're a graphite drawer and you're black and white for so many years, it was just sort of uh, really refreshing. Mm. So yeah. um, that's when I started investigating using colored pencil. How many years were you working in uh, like black and white and uh, graphite? How how long was that? Well, I've always used, um, I've been a drawer. You know, it's one of my, actually, it's one of my favorite mediums is graphite. Ah, okay. So, uh, yeah. So, but I've always, I've came from a background of being a painter. So okay. uh, about 2008 is when I um, really started working um more in graphite than anything because my kids were so little that I couldn't, uh, you know, come home after working a full-time job, having my kids and even remotely thinking about painting. Get so it was really easy to pick up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What? Get all the paints out get, <laughs> get, oh, get the apron on, get all set up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That and would then be mom. Work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. Right. And I think that's uh, a lot of the reasons why a lot of us have, you know, gravitated towards colored pencil also when we want color in our work, but we still want that ease of use. I think that's a, a big part of colored pencil, right? Yeah. And, you know, my kids are full grown now. They're gone mm. and uh, my youngest is. And 
I still, I just love the medium so much. I, I even like was going to do a graphite drawing recently and I'm like, no, I like colored pencil so much. I just didn't want to, you know, leave it. So I really do love the medium now a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> very, very cool. Okay. So, so it was like love at first sight around 2014 and no looking back, huh? Is that the way it went? Yeah. No. Well, yeah. I, you know, I did for a few years, probably even up to three years ago, I was still doing a little bit of graphite. Okay. But uh, mostly it's colored pencil. And as you know, it's it's a medium that it takes a long time to master. Yeah. It's, yeah. For me, at least. <laughs> There's oh, I so think much for everyone. to know yeah. about it. Right, right. Yeah. But yeah, you can plumb its depths as you progress, though, and it, it seems like there's just more and more and more to learn, or at least that's been my experience. I know, I, know, I agree fully, and yeah. plus there's always new pencils coming yeah. out, not that I really experiment with them, but it's like, not? oh, okay. I'd love to try that, but <laughs> no, nah, I don't. <laughs> you, you've, I got, don't. <laughs> you've got too much that you're already involved in and doing that. Yeah, it's okay. hard. I'm hoping this fall to do a little bit more experimentation, especially with oh, the UART paper. I got my samples, oh, really? so okay. Yeah, yeah good. Oh, so good. I'm very interested in trying that. Yeah. Oh, did you hear about that on the podcast? Yeah. Oh, yeah. good. Good deal. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I guess we flooded them because uh, I was asked to take that <laughs> ad down because it was working too well. <laughs> so uh, that's good. That's a good thing. I'm, I'm glad to get. A lot of that paper into the hands of colored pencil artists. So, had you not used yes. sanded paper before? Let's talk about materials no, for I've a never, moment. I've uh, never okay. used it. Ah, okay. Well, what? you know, when I yeah. started off, I like I literally knew nothing, and I thought, yeah. oh, it can't be that different from graphite, right? It's a pencil. So, um, I started off with my graphite drawings, and I put colored pencil in in the eye. And so I did it on, I did it on two owls mm. and I got such great response about it. And to be honest, I think I used Crayola crayons. Oh, really? <laughs> I didn't really funny. know anything yeah. about it. Those are colored pencils. And, Let's grab um, those. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I didn't know anything yeah. like, aren't yeah. these, you know, these are colored pencils. Right, right. So, um. Uh, I actually went to um, once that people had such an, a great reaction to it that uh, I thought, oh, well, maybe I'll dive deeper and do a full piece in color. Mm. So I went to the library, got a few books so I can see what materials that um, artists were mm -hmm. using. And so I started off with Prismacolor and um, Canson Mia Tiene's paper. Uh -huh. And I absolutely hated it. <laughs> oh, yeah? Why? Yeah, I absolutely hated it. Um, Do you remember because, why? Because, yeah. yes, I know exactly why. <laughs> Graphite pencil, <laughs> you know, I was using the Tombow H, and it's a very hard lead. And so it keeps its point mm -hmm. for a long time, and I can get such detail right. with it. And I use Prismacolor, and it just, like, crumbles. Or at least yeah. it did to me. I'm very yeah. heavy, at least in the beginning, I'm very heavy handed when I draw. So I could not keep a point on that thing. And then um, if you do, if anyone does a deep dive in my artwork in the sold stuff, I started with the tiger and mm. um, I did uh, the black because I didn't really know any better. I used solid black 
And all of a sudden, like the next day, it was like had this white film on it. Ah, wax blue. And so. The dreaded wax I, blue. Yeah. I, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I didn't even know what that was. I'm like, oh my God, what happened? <laughs> you learned quickly so after I, you're um, <laughs> using Prismacolor Premiere, though. <laughs> oh my goodness. And then I wrote my friend, Lisa, and uh, because she worked in color pencil, and she told me, oh, that's Bloom, so this is what you do to fix it. So I did that. And actually, you know, I started on uh, green paper, the, (laughs) I don't know why, Hmm. I thought it would go nicely with the tiger. Yeah, sure. And I just hated the paper so much, too, you know, because it's so potmarky, it's so uh, textured. Yeah. And so I thought, okay, then I'm going to fill in the background. So I filled the whole background in with black. And did the whole thing. And I just, I didn't like it. So I thought, okay, I'm going to give it one more shot. And I did the fox next. And that worked Mm -hmm. out a little bit better, but I absolutely still did not like it. So I did a deeper dive and I went on YouTube and um, looked up artists. So I saw Jason Morgan and Lisa. And um, then they were using polychromos. So Mm -hmm. I tried polychrome. So, you know, I'm back to the art store again got uh polychromos and i like that so much better and i got better paper i i went to stonehenge and i tell you those two things just made a huge difference why did you start so then i really liked it oh good deal why did you start with the canson mitons paper um do you remember was there recommendation i read it in the book yeah or or the art store recommended it gotcha i'm not sure at the time did you ever go back to that paper did you ever try it again no No, yeah okay i don't like i don't like heavily textured yeah i I don't care for that paper either i know there are some artists that really love it okay so cool you started using polychromos then and stonehenge yeah and so maybe this is um still around that time frame that you were just starting out um then through the years what uh, have you changed then i mean talk to me about the progression of materials and how those have changed okay well, the one thing I Lisa did say um, in her video was to use Pablo white pencil instead of the polychromos white. So that was the only pencil I used besides polychromos. And um, it actually, it's, I love that. I love that pencil. And uh, so how it progressed was I love all the Pablo then, pencils. They're so good. Yeah. I know. I oh, do they're, too. They're I great do too. pencils. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I use a lot more now, mm-hmm. but the white is always my go-to. I love that thing. I mean, you can indent it and the polychromos yeah. goes over it. Yeah. It's just such a, it's a really nice pencil. Right. But uh, so how I progressed was um, I got a really bad batch of um, Stonehenge paper. Mm. It was like it started fading or something. It was with the sizing. And so then I, you know, did another deep dive into what other artists were using and they were using Fabriano. And so when I went to my art store, they didn't have it. So I just went back to my Strathmore Bristol board that Mm. I was using for graphite. Sure. Yeah. And that's what I've been using since. It's good. I I just love it. I use the four and 500 series. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It doesn't, it doesn't have much texture. Mm -hmm. I can get into the valleys, you know, with my pencil. Yeah. What surface are um, you on though? Like what, uh, is it vellum or is it smooth or what is it? The board? Oh, it's vellum. Vellum. Okay. I don't like smooth. Yeah. 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 
And uh, it's uh, the four or 500 series, uh-huh. whatever. I like to go. I like I'm such a tactile person. I like to go to the art store and actually see the paper, feel the paper. I don't know. Even after all this time, I still like to do that. <laughs> Rub on the but, paper. Uh, <laughs> make friends with the paper. <laughs> yeah. Walk with the paper. Be in love with the paper. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Rub it on our cheek. <laughs> Be one with the paper. That's it. <laughs> Well, it's a very tactile medium, I think, colored pencil is. I feel like it is. I mean, why why do we do this if we don't, you know, we'd be doing digital art, I think, if we don't like that tactile feel, right? And just to yeah, absolutely. get in there and feel the way that it, you know, lays down and all that. Awesome. Yeah, I agree. So you just kept looking around and, then, and you're uh, like, okay, I'm going to try this and try this. Okay. And then I just saw, you know, people, as I look at what artists are using, I saw people starting to use luminance. So then I started adding a few luminance. And Looking on Facebook or something and some of the Facebook groups yeah, or yeah, something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, I just go, you know, investigate and ask yeah. artists. Sometimes I'll write them, uh, you know, and look at the ones I really like and ask yeah. what they're doing. So. So uh, that's how I came to using the materials I do now. Okay. And so primarily we're using that uh, Strathmore four or, fi- four or 500 series, mm-hmm. uh, Bristol vellum. And then we're using the luminance pencils and polychromos. And are you using any others right now? I'm Pablo and any others? Yeah, just those three. Those three right now. Okay. Good deal. Yeah. Awesome. Have you tried the mm-hmm. Derwent Lightfast pencils? I just bought some. Oh, but okay. it was for a, a piece, and now I just not feeling to do that piece anymore. Oh. So, um, but the <laughs> I know, it's like forget. I, well, it. I went there specifically to get those colors in the pandemic. Oh, and then I didn't okay. Do it. You're not going to return them, are you? Try them at least. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good deal. Yeah, I think you'll like them. Uh, I love those pencils. They're good. Yeah, I know everyone talks about I them, like so them. I really do want to try them out and see. I'll probably fall in love with them too. What about the subject matter that uh, you started with versus what you're doing today? Were you doing landscapes back then when you were experimenting with different materials? Uh, was it just animals you know, or what? I've used so many. I, I've really worked in so many mediums okay. and so many subject matters. But yeah. animals um, at in 2008 is when I kind of started my pet portrait business. Okay. And then, so I was doing a, I mean, I was doing a lot of commissions. Oh, really? Okay. And then in 2010, I went to Africa for a safari in Kenya. And um, yeah, so so all the animals on there are, you know, I took like 6,000 pictures. So I use a lot of that in my art. And that just like really made me specifically go in doing animal yeah, so now you've got all those uh, reference photos to use. That is that is so cool. Yeah. Nice. And so many. All I mean, I've done, I think I've done like nine elephants from the photographs oh, wow. I've taken. Very cool. Yeah. And then some of the uh, landscapes, I guess maybe that's from that trip as well, maybe? Uh. Well, I'm starting to do the landscapes are more of my hikes around here. Around um, my, I live in a really beautiful city that okay. we have just, uh, we're butted up right next to the Angeles Crest National Forest. Oh, wow. So I do a lot of hiking and so okay. a lot of. I was my just thinking, you, you now, took 6,000 pictures. You, you probably have enough uh, resources <laughs> there to last oh, you for yeah, a while. 
How long was I that? Totally How long do. was that trip? Were you just clicking nonstop? <laughs> I was clicking nonstop. <laughs> yeah, well, we went out. You go out twice a day for you know the safari. You go yeah. er, er, super early in the morning and nice. then late afternoon. So oh, have fun. Yeah. <laughs> very cool. And we saw every animal possible. So oh, yeah, a lot of cool. clicking. <laughs> I love that so much because now you're using your own reference photos. That is so mm-hmm. so good. All right. So now you've got, um, all this whole new world open to you right here, uh, with landscapes, uh, because you've got all this, uh, area right next to you. And do you go out and photograph over there? Like how often do you get to do that? Well, uh, before the pandemic hit, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was hiking every, uh, Saturday and Sunday. Now huh. we don't go on the trails as much. You yeah. know, just one, once, I either get my shot or things open up, uh, be out on the trails again. Right, right. But, um, yeah, so I just, I, I actually just taking my phone, I don't even take my good camera with me and taking, uh, pictures, but I take a lot of pictures. Oh but man. The, I the mean, phone I have does like thousands job, of just though. my cats yeah. and dogs. <laughs> oh yeah. But the so. phone does a great job now too. So it's like, yeah, yeah. Might as well, it does. you know, and less bulk. I mean, you can carry your phone. Well, yeah. And you know, that one, um, the piece I just finished with the, the trees and the yeah, roots I love and the that. chipmunks. Um, it's so beautiful that, you know, my picture taking is not the gra- greatest. So the whole, uh, left side was all washed out in the photo and oh. you know how, um, like the, some of the rocks and the leaves were all just white. So I had to add, mm. I added all of that on my own. Very, so. very cool. So just, yeah, you know, you couldn't have done this, right, probably back when you were starting, um, when it, no. when the medium was more intimidating. But now that you've got a grasp on it, you're able to do that, right? So just keep working. Yeah, but even with like my that. skill level going up, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. I just it's just like pet portraits. You know, yeah. when I started out, I couldn't take some of the stuff that – I mean, I quit yeah. doing pet portraits this year. But I the ones I was doing towards the end, I could never have done that in the beginning because – they're blurry just, out of focus so kind of stuff but yeah oh yeah, yeah. very bad yeah. photos um yeah. trying to put two photos together yeah yeah i could have never have done that before so skill level really has helped me to uh figure those things out what else has changed uh what about the size of your pieces have those remained the same or has that changed at all oh no i got i've gotten really big okay so um yeah i started off i think that tiger was probably if the most eight by eight or 10 by 10, very small. And okay. then now I'm doing, um, 16 by 20. Okay. Yeah. And, um, I, I hope to go even bigger, but, okay. you know, being a painter, I, I've painted murals, huge murals, mm-hmm. um, big canvases. So yeah. I, you know, I like, I like going big. Yeah. Go big or go home. Right. There you go. <laughs> It just takes so long with a pencil. Let's talk about materials than uh, anything other than, you know, pencils and, and paper. I mean, are you using solvent? Uh, what erasers do you like? No. Okay. No, I don't no use solvent. any solvents. I okay. did try it once. Okay. On, Didn't care um, for that. The bare image drawing I did with the green background, I started and I did not like it at all. Okay. I, I don't know. I think I used too much of it. Okay. So. Or maybe it doesn't work well with polychromos. I don't know. I just didn't like it at all. So I just strictly uh, pencil. Yeah. 
What erasers mm -hmm. do you like? Um, I use just the kneaded eraser. Okay. And I usually just get the cheap, you know, the Blick one. Yeah. And then whatever. I love this uh, Kumo um, eraser that I got free from. Um, I went. I'm. I belong to the uh, guild, an art guild. Mm -hmm. I'm co-president, actually, and that, so yeah. we get a lot of speakers in, and, um, you know, before the pandemic, they used to come and give us lots of samples, so okay. if I get too much pigment on, and then I just want to okay. pull it up a little bit, I'll use the kneaded, but I really don't, I'm yeah. usually using it around the piece yeah. more, because I'm... Cleaning up or something, know. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, it's... Uh... You know, that's a that's something I talk to beginners about a lot is, you know, it's best not to erase if you can help it. Just uh, rework know. an area if at all possible. What about any other yeah, tools? So a favorite sharpener or a brush that you use, anything like that? No, actually. Uh, well, OK, I got my eraser and my sharpener mixed up. The Kumo is the sharpener. Oh, and okay. that I love. I loved handheld. I don't do okay. I don't like electric for whatever reason. I, I just I don't like the noise. And um, <laughs> I know that's weird. <laughs> but I like the um physicalness of yeah. sharpening the pencil. Yeah. I don't right, know. Right. I'm strange, but so no, I like I'm, the handheld. I'm, with you there. Plus, I, I'm constantly I'd sharpening. Get it. Oh yeah, yeah. That would drive me nuts to use electric the way I use, you know. <laughs> I'm already nuts. I, so, I can't go any more nuts. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I love a uh, a manual sharpener. I really do. But oh, I, good. but I have, but I don't use them very often at all. I use the electric oh. just because I, I just got to get it done quick. You got to get that sharpened real oh. quick and get back to the, the drawing. But I, I get it. Doesn't that loud yeah. noise drive you nuts? <laughs> it does. I don't like it. It's so funny you say that because I felt like a weirdo uh, thinking that or feeling like that because noises bother oh. me. Noises get under my skin. I don't know yeah. why it is. There's, there's certain noises that I just don't appreciate. I just don't like very much, you know. I agree. I don't usually Fully. voice that, but, um, but you know, <laughs> oh, I don't. So we're in good company here, you know, if, if you <laughs> yes. and I both feel like that. But, yeah, yeah that high-pitched. There's got to be others. There's got to be others. I'm sure there's others. <laughs> you approach it pretty simply. I mean, you get the pencils mm -hmm. and the paper, and you just you draw. You know, so I yeah. love that. What very, about the layout simple. process when you start the drawing? How do you get your line drawing on your uh, surface? Okay. okay, so before I even start, like in a, putting it out, mapping it out on the paper, yeah. I, um, I, I spend a lot of time with my, sometimes they'll sit on my desktop for a year. Um, no. I, I spend a lot of time with the formatting and, um, what I'm going to take out, what I'm going to leave in, because okay, uh, I know a lot of people say, "Oh, your work is like a photograph," but you know, if they saw the photograph, <laughs> they yeah. wouldn't say that because I take branches out of the, you know, off of the face of the right. animal or that are not like really enhancing the piece. So yeah. I do a lot of work with that beforehand, and then. Um, when one of my very oh this is one of my favorite tools and this is from Jason Morgan is okay. the proportional divider oh yeah or I love figuring that. Yeah. thing I use that constantly while mm -hmm. I'm drawing mm 
-hmm. because, um, and I actually get my, I, the image I get, I have a, have to have a photograph of it, the exact same size as what I'm drawing. Cause my brain makes it easy. Will not. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. My brain, I'll, I'll just want to draw it bigger. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> right, I right. have to have the actual image there. Yeah. And I do use my computer too at the same time. Okay. Um, so is that what you're doing? You're reasons. using your computer or your, uh, or an iPad or are you printing off the image on a piece of paper and using that or? Well, I actually might, you know, because I, I am drawing 16 by 20 now. I actually mm -hmm. have to order it from my local CVS. Okay. And then, okay. uh, yeah. And then um, on my computer, I have the image up just um, because, you know, a photograph just flattens the whole plane yeah. of the piece. Right. And like on that, um, the latest piece I did with the, um, the tree, uh -huh. if I just drew it like the photograph, it would be black, Hi, you know, the, um, yeah. the shadows, and right. shadows are not black. No. And so what I do on my computer is I enlarge the area I'm working on, and then I uh, fill it with light so I can see what's underneath all that darkness, uh, you know? Yeah. And then I draw that in, and so I don't pay, that's when I don't pay attention right. to my photograph, when I get into those shadow areas, and I like to put lots of color in there, too. What and, uh, program? Uh, so that's the nice part of the. You use Picasso. Cheap Picasso. I okay. use everything cheap as no, possible. That's good. <laughs> well, it sounds like it's a yeah. very involved process for you to go through there and create that line drawing, and you're very meticulous. And you said it may take how long? Did you say a year? Did I misunderstand you on that? Oh, oh, at the, in the beginning, when I'm figuring out the composition and the formatting. Because I, I do this one, I do a process where... And that takes a um, year? Like I'll take, sometimes if I'm not feeling the right drawing and I'm not, and like I'll format it and just like okay. look at it again after like a few weeks or a month. And I'm okay. like, oh, I still don't feel it. And so sometimes it, I rework something like for a year, I'll sit with it. Okay. And because I want to do it, but it's whatever I'm, the composition is not working for me. So sometimes, yeah. you know, after you do a few drawings and you get some more under your belt, yeah. you're more experienced. Yeah. You know, when I was in high school, my um, jewelry teacher, one thing we had to do when we made, uh, when we designed a piece of jewelry, we had to redesign it five different ways. Mm. And so I kind of, that's what I take it from. So when I'm working with a photograph, I'll format it five different ways. And then I'll leave it alone for a few weeks, a month. Mm -hmm. And then when I open it up, if I still can't decide, I'll eliminate some. And then I um, sit. But usually when I do look at it again, one will pop out at me. But, you know, sometimes it doesn't. So and sometimes I end up scrapping it after a long time because it's just not working. That's what I mean. I spend a lot of pro time in the beginning stages. Sharpening the saw before you use Sharpening it on the, the tree, saw, right? Yes. Take more exactly. time doing that. That that <laughs> well, I mean, it makes sense, right? I mean, you you often uh, in the beginning you'll see someone just you know they'll steamroll ahead, they'll plow right into a drawing, and then they get halfway into it and they're like, I can't resolve these issues, and then they yeah. end up having to tear it up or something. So. Maybe it's better to do that work like you're doing ahead of time and plan and prepare. Yeah, yeah it makes sense. 
Really does. Yeah. I, I had no idea that you I, took that long at uh, at that yeah, though. I know. So what are your goals? I mean, if if you're completing perhaps one a year, and you're not doing commissions anymore. Um, so you're doing maybe one piece a year. Is that right? Oh no 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 no. Okay. No no no. So what are you doing um, in the meantime takes- when you're working on this larger composition? Okay, so usually yeah. I'll have like five or six okay. lined up ready for me to draw. And that's what I'm working on in between. Okay. Um, while I'm drawing, I'll work okay. on that part on the side. Okay. So, so you're, um, you're completing around five or six a year? Yeah, more? probably around that. I do some smaller okay. ones too. Okay. But th- that doesn't take me. We won't count as long. those. <laughs> but this last one was yeah. so complicated. It was like. It was in between two commissions, so uh, it's hard to say exactly, but it was all got two and a half months before I got that thing done. So you stopped taking commissions, you said. Why is that? Yeah. Oh, well, it wasn't bringing me joy. And, okay. uh, yeah. Did it at so, one time or no yeah, longer? Yeah, did, did that? Okay. And you know the, what I like the most is working with the clients. I get the best clients. They're so nice. A lot of them have become my friends. And that part I do will be missing a lot. Yeah. But, you know, with, I would say the majority of people cannot take that. Maybe even artists, maybe, I don't know. But the majority of people cannot take a decent picture. Right. Even my oldest daughter cannot take a right. decent picture. Yeah. It really well, is surprising. Uh, yeah, it is, isn't it? I mean, and it and it seems like that just because of the ubiquity of of cameras, that uh, if somebody buys a larger camera, like a Micro Four Thirds or a DSLR camera, then immediately some think that they're a photographer because they have a big camera, you know, a nice camera. A fancy camera does not a photographer make. And no, you find that out not. very quickly when you're starting to do commissions that uh, some people are even prideful about their photography skills. And and uh, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a real yeah. it's a real thing. So, <laughs> it's it's a challenge that that yeah. part was so challenging. And, you know, I, I did two blog uh, posts of mm. when I was doing a blog mm-hmm. um, about how to take a good pet portrait Mm -hmm. or a photograph of your pet yeah and um boy i I would always send that to people and they would come back okay i took two pictures and i'm like no i told you to take like lots of pictures six six thousand right (laughs) (laughs) okay bye nine 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 (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, i I tell you i take I take so many pictures of my animals and still sometimes it's taking me years to get one that I think is yeah. just, it fits their personality. You can't right. just take one and no, capture no. their personality. No, that's so exactly right. That, that was a problem. Yeah. And so that, you know, I'd be sometimes, I mean, no one really knows how much work goes before a pet portrait is even started. I'm sure it's the same for a portrait of a person is yeah. that, you know, I spend sometimes I am back and forth with a client yeah. for weeks, you know, right, trying to get right. a photo or sometimes they disappear then and then they'll reemerge and yeah. then they'll come. <laughs> That's, and right. Then, That's right. Does this photo work? Yes. No, that one doesn't work. I told you to take lots yeah. of photos. <laughs> yeah. That, that is always the funniest thing that I, that I found that happened back when I was taking commissions is like, 
you, th- you thought they fell off the face of the earth, you know, and then months later or years later, they just reemerged and like, okay, where are yeah, you? Yeah, with a new photo, which is yeah, just bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Have you That's not learned so, anything in this time? <laughs> right. Did you read my blog post? It's <laughs> um, too funny. So what advice would you give someone who is wanting to start taking commissions right now um maybe they're brand new to the medium i see that happening a lot where they're brand new and they're like i want to take a commission i want to start doing commissions how do i price how do i get clients and the list goes on and yeah, on don't do it don't do it that's <laughs> Catherine's advice right there don't do it why why would you say that no um i actually i really enjoyed it for a while yeah. <laughs> but um you know but if you're starting out have, what would you say I would say how I started out with, and now this is a while back, 2008 was different. Um, I, there was really not anyone to research, to see what they were charging. I think there was like five pet portrait artists out there. Oh, now there's thousands. Now there's like hundreds and hundreds. Oh, there is. Especially pet portrait artists. Yeah. Yeah. Saturated. Oh my gosh. It's so saturated. It is. It really is. Um, so I just, um, my ex-boyfriend and I at the time, we came up with a pricing and I really thought it was too high. In the beginning, the pricing was really hard. Once I started seeing more pet portrait people show up, I, I went and looked at their websites. I really did. I went and studied their websites, what they were charging, putting all these little things in like copyright you know you can't take it and make prints of it and try to sell it or all these little things i got from other artists Mm -hmm. you know they i just looked around every time i would kind of get better and better at it i would bump up my prices and then a couple years ago i thought oh i just i don't think i want to do this anymore so i bumped my prices up pretty high and i still got commissions (laughs) so you know it just well, Never, the caliber of your, it just shows of your you. work is is phenomenal. So I'm sure, and you built up, you know, a base probably of clients. So I'm sure that that yeah. probably helps. Just a reminder that the Color Pencil Podcast is brought to you by UART Premium Sanded Paper. If you've never tried sanded paper before, I highly recommend UART. There are so many different advantages to using a sanded paper, such as using lighter pencils like white over dark areas. That's just one of the advantages. So that flexibility allows you to keep on layering over and over again. If you've never tried sanded paper before, go over to the show notes and click on the link to get your first batch of UART Premium Sanded Paper. And we thank UART for their support of the Color Pencil Podcast. You're a colored pencil artist, and you've got just about every colored pencil that there is, except for that one. And you're wondering how this color compares to the actual pencil line that you have. Now, some colored pencil artists like to create these huge charts. I don't do that. I don't have the patience for it. Well, I've got good news if you're like me. Someone else has created these charts for you. There is a color pencil conversion and comparison chart. Thanks to KarenHallArt.com. This is a 62-page PDF booklet that you could download. And you can get updates as she updates it. She just updated it with the brand new Karen Dosh Luminance colors. It's got the Derwent Lightfast pencils in there as well. How would you like 20% off? Just go to the show notes or use SharpArt20 at checkout.
Do you mind sharing with uh, the audience and what, what did you start at and where you ended up? Believe it or not, I started in 2008. I started at 400. And that's what my okay. ex-boyfriend told me to start at. And I thought, oh, my God, that's way too much. I'm just kind you of a that was too much. Okay. doing. Okay. Yeah. 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 Huh. So then once he left the, uh, once he, yeah. you know, we weren't together yeah. anymore, I lowered my prices. <laughs> <laughs> And then I lowered them quite a bit because I just, I don't know. What did you lower them to? People pleaser. Yeah. Gosh, I think I went down to like uh, 200, 100. No, no, you know, I think I even went lower than that. I think I went like 189. And then I just gradually kept raising them. And then by the end, by the time I stopped, I uh, was charging $400. And I still don't think that was high enough. I That's put very low. So much time That's into my very portraits, low. you know. Did you make any money? It is I mean, low. seriously, that's a serious question. Um, honestly, with even, I, I don't think, think you made much. What did you? Even like my portraits that I, I mean, my drawings I sell. I don't think I'm charging enough. But what will the mm-hmm. market bear? You know. But I, mm-hmm. I feel like I put way more time and oh, effort yeah. and thought into because. I feel like it's a whole package. So, you know, the whole yeah. from working on the composition to taking the photo, that's a long, long process. Right, right. So I really, I, I would never want to sit and think about, I mean, I always joke that I make $1.99 an hour being an artist. It's probably true. <laughs> if, if you're charging those prices, I, I, would, I would probably agree with you. <laughs> oh, and you're in California too, I, so... I, <laughs> I know, I know. We're very expensive <laughs> out here. Yeah. But, um, you know, it just feels like the market can't bear, uh, you know, a whole lot more than 400. Yeah. I don't huh. know. Okay. Interesting. All For right. a pet portrait, maybe if it's yeah. a person, it might be a little bit more. I don't know. But you know, I, I, know. I think with, I, I think you're right. I mean, you go on with a pet portrait. That is, if you go on, you know, Facebook and Instagram, you can't help but trip over all the pet portraits that you see out there in colored pencil and otherwise. Uh, so with a flooded market, it becomes a race to the bottom when that happens. So I think you're right. I looked that. at other artists just, you know, like maybe a year ago to just see what they, I always check yeah. in to see what other people are charging. Right. And we were all about the same. Yeah. And, you know, and we right. all put so much time and love and care into that, into yeah. our portraits. It's a lot of pressure. Yeah. You know, that was another thing. It's just so much pressure trying to please someone. And mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I every single time you send that image, that final image to your client and you're like, Oh, I hope Are they, they like, like it. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they always did. I don't know yeah. why I was so insecure about that part, <laughs> but I was always like so nervous. Were you really? Like, yeah. Yeah, I was when yeah. I got that email back. Oh, did they did like, they like it, it or not? Yeah. Oh, they I, always loved yeah. it. I, I felt know. the same way though with uh, people portraits. That was that was the uh, same kind of thing. That's even worse than animals. Oh my gosh. In some ways, maybe so. Yeah. Yeah. It's gotta <laughs> look like little Johnny, right? <laughs> exactly. And you know, everyone oh. sees little Johnny differently. That was why right. it stopped doing people. That's true. Because everyone yeah. has a different view of how that person looks. So You're exactly right. A dog I mean, is pretty it's... general. Come on. Yeah, yeah. One lab looks almost like the next. Right, so right. Exactly. Can't go too wrong. 
So if somebody's brand new to the medium, what would you recommend that they do? What would you say to them? When I started, I just didn't know what I was doing. And maybe I should have taken some workshops. But then I feel like, well, I wouldn't have developed my own style. If I had been trying to follow someone else's style, I don't know. I Mm -hmm. think it would have made it my life a lot easier because colored pencil is frustrating in the beginning, I think. Mm -hmm. You know, I I didn't really know about layering. Mm -hmm. Find an instructor you really like their art and take a few classes with or workshops with them and and, um, just to understand the basics of it. Mm -hmm. And then you can take off from there. And honestly, it's putting in the hours. Mm And I know a lot of art. I have, I mean, I work a full-time job, but I'm in my studio, physically in my studio, working about 30 to 35 hours a week. Mm -hmm. I put a lot of time into um, physically drawing. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people don't have that. It's it's a habit, you know. You have to get into uh, a habit of, of being in your studio at certain times and showing up and doing the work. Did you so say I that's say a big a part good... of it, right? Is is that a big part yeah. of it? Showing up physically so. and doing yes. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not drawing I, I, just 30 I, I minutes. Think, and I've seen time, that yeah. from other people mm-hmm. just looking on Instagram, look, watching other artists, how much they progress in sometimes just a year or so because they're putting in so many hours in the studio. It really does yeah. make a huge difference. Yeah. How important do you think freehand skills are? Oh, I... I think it's extremely important. You know, I'm because of my age, my mm-hmm. youthful age, I grew up where um, I have a lot of education and everything was from life. Uh-huh. We never used photographs. We um, drew from models, from um, setups for still lives. We went outdoors and painted and drew. And um, I love life drawing classes. That was always my favorite drawing. I, I think it's super important to to know the thing is when you're drawing from life is you learn, you are really getting your skills of observation mm-hmm. honed. Mm-hmm. And that is really important mm-hmm. in drawing. You, I mean, I think you can get away with it maybe with painting a little bit more when not having those skills. But I think with, with drawing, you really got to have those skills a little bit more honed with drawing from life. How would someone? Plus, it's fun. Yeah, it is fun. It's a lot of fun. But how would someone yeah. acquire those skills if you know they don't have access uh, to a life drawing um, class that meets in person or something like that? What I mean, yeah. what would you? I recommend usually that someone at least get out and away from their studio and draw from life, uh, sitting even in their chair with a sketchbook, and that they just force themselves to carry a sketchbook and do that. I mean, do you have any absolutely tips like that? Okay. Um, well, you know, I'm always drawing my animals. Mm-hmm. So pet portrait artists probably have animals. Maybe that's why they love them I would hope. so much. I would think so. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. So I go look at the cats you, uh, in your neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. Go to your neighbor's dog. I don't know. Your cats, your local <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> don't get some fleas though. But <laughs> and your stray dogs. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> there's ways well, of doing it know, though, right? There is ways yeah. if you want if you want to do it. Right. There's ways right. to do it, Absolutely. honestly. But I think it's really important because mm-hmm. 
especially, you know, when I came, move out to California, I went back to art school just because I wanted to take some life drawing classes. Mm -hmm. You can, you can honestly, at least in California, there's life drawing classes everywhere you can take. I mean, after the pandemic's over, but yeah, um, (laughs) (laughs) you don't want to go now, No, (laughs) but uh, I took this awesome class with um, a teacher that was from the Disney studios and we went and drew at the zoo. Yeah. Cool. I tell you, drawing animals is so hard because they're constantly moving. They're moving yeah. So even when my animals, I'm drawing them uh, on the bed, mm-hmm. my dog, those little sketches mm-hmm. I do for 15, 20 minutes, he'll have moved two, at least two yeah, times in that. Yeah. So you have to get down the essence yeah. of your shadows and your right. form. I, I just think it's it's such a great thing. And, you know, John Muir's uh, Muir Laws or something like that. He does a lot of courses on drawing birds, mm. and he always talks about petting the bird, petting mm. the bird. And it's I do that with my animals, too, to get that form, you know? Uh, yeah. Uh, how I was taught to draw is you look at the negative uh, Space, spaces yeah. for getting your form. Sure. And that's what he's kind of talking about that, too. So all yeah. those observation skills, you, if you can hone those, it'll just make you a better artist, I think. It uh, wipes away the anxiety that a new person has when they force themselves to keep a sketchbook and draw from life. I feel like when you're working on your serious drawing that's 15 inches or whatever, then you're not as anxious about it if you've been practicing those freehand skills. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Very cool. I love that. I agree. And people are probably really easy to go out and... I mean, you go to the mall or something and sit there on a bench and... Yeah, for gestural drawings and and people, yeah, but not so much for portraits. Uh, I have to get too close. No, 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 no. But just uh, getting that gestural, yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, and it's a lot of Mm -hmm. fun to do that. Um, I like to sneak a picture, though. Bonnie Schechter talked a lot about that in my interview with her. Or She would sneak a picture with her cell phone, you know, and that works really well also. Oh. Um, You pretend you're, you know typing a text or something like that you know <laughs> yeah everyone's on their phone so no one's yeah. gonna notice yeah right? that's right yeah just don't have your flash on you know? yeah <laughs> might exactly. be a giveaway <laughs> uh, smile yeah yeah exactly <laughs> what advice would you give to someone who has been doing colored pencil for a while is there anything that you want to tell them and maybe they're getting you know, discouraged a little bit. Um, any words of advice for someone who's been down in the trenches for a while? Yeah. Um, well, I kind of know some of those people on Instagram and okay. seeing the kind of the struggles they go through. I, I still stand by my, for whatever skill level you're at, is is putting in the time in your studio. And a that's, lot of people I like to compare. That's how people progress. Yeah. And a lot of pe- people I, like to compare I don't themselves. like to compare. Yeah. What do you what do you that say? Is, to that? Oh my God, that's no it's the worst thing to do, no, isn't no. it? It is the worst thing because then you know what? You get down on yourself and then you don't you then you stop drawing. Yeah. I mean, what's the point? Yeah. I never yeah. I I mean, I'll see artists and I'm like, oh my God, that's fantastic. <laughs> but um, you know, oh I wish that oh, I wish I could have done something like that. But you know. I don't ever compare myself to them. I just think, yeah. oh, my God, that's a fantastic yeah. piece. Yeah. And you learn from it. Hey, you, yeah. it's like uh, athletes, right? right. Um, don't you learn from the best if you're playing basketball against the best people? Yeah. I mean, 
So my what I'm trying to say yeah. is I always follow and look at really super good artists like yeah. Robert Bateman or Carl Brenders. My mm-hmm. God, those are masters. That's mm-hmm. who I, I I look at for inspiration, but not comparison. No, right. Um, just for inspiration, it, you know, yeah. and to yeah. And then you learn from that. Absolutely. And incorporate some of that. the things you like about that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, a really interesting exercise, my friend did this, um, and I remember doing this on Pinterest, mm-hmm. is I went through and found images, like I spent like a month collecting images, putting them on a board. These mm-hmm. are images I would like to say I was the artist for. Yeah. And then I went and analyzed what are those things, what do all those things have in common that I'm wanting to bring to my art? Well, at the time, I was just doing like more the pet portraits and portraits of animals. So yeah. I wanted to incorporate more of the environment. So I noticed that was a theme throughout the artwork I collected. Oh, it's very uh, interesting. Pinterest. I love that. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, because maybe and you so didn't even know what, was the what that was, theme? but you went back right. and analyzed it. And like, what yeah. is this I'm looking for? That's really cool. I love, love that. Yeah. So I I, I realized... I, what I was missing was I wanted to put them more in their environment. And then yeah. once I started doing that, then I'm like, oh, now I want to do the landscapes mm. with the animal mm-hmm. in it. That's secondary mm-hmm. to me, you know? So getting so, away from uh, the floating heads and putting the environment in the background a little bit more. How yeah, how do exactly. you um how do you create that bouquet or the blurry look in the background? How how do you do that? How do I do that? Uh, I know well, someone is going to ask me why I didn't ask that if I don't ask it. So I'm asking <laughs> it <laughs> because you're a master at that. You have you have got oh, this thank you. soft, gentle, atmospheric uh, approach to the background that is just so on point that you you can enjoy the subject so well because the background is not a distraction. How do you do that? Okay. Well, first of all, I believe if you're going to do like the the owl, I just yeah finished. yeah that's one. The in background particular. has to support the owl, but not take away from the owl. So, what are you looking so, for um, then in that support? Well, for that, it was the blurry back is to make you can't just how do I put this? Um, you can't just willy nilly try to draw something fuzzy in the background and expect it to support that owl. You really got to take the time. I spend more time on that background than I ever do. The owl the Owl went super fast. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the background I spend three fourths of my time on. So I yeah. really, I slow down. I take my time. This is how I check to see if how I'm doing with my background. It's not an I afterthought. Up, I, I love this. Keep going. That's awesome. Yeah, no, yeah. this is throughout the whole drawing right, process. Right. I do a couple different things. So I'll get up, go to my bathroom. I have a ginormous mirror above my sink and I'll stand there. And sometimes what I do for two hours is I go back and forth between my mirror and my easel. And with I'll your drawing, right? You're taking your with drawing. With the drawing. Right? And I hold silly. it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, I hold it up in the mirror. And the mirror really will yeah. tell you automatically if something is off, mm-hmm. the, the reverse image. Yeah, yeah. And so then sometimes I'm back and forth with that. And um, another really good tip is I take a picture with my iPhone mm-hmm. and I hold it up to my reference photo and I say, oh, okay, 
that's not looking quite right. And I'll go back in. Just but seeing honestly, it in that thumbnail size. Huh? Yeah, 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 it really, it does change things. Right. But honestly, it's just taking the time and really just going slow and lots of layers. And in that one owl, I mean, some areas were maybe five, six layers and other areas were 14 layers, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. trying to make it right. Yeah, yeah. Um. Oh, one thing I use at the end sometimes for blurring. Yeah. Um, you have to be kind of careful to not overdo it, but okay. um, a white Prismacolor pencil mm. really helps fade areas out. So sometimes I'll go in that that's way too dark. So the values had to be a lot less than the owl. If that makes sense, is it sense. because and of the so wax blue to... on the on the pencil? I'm kidding. I'm joking. Um, okay, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not using black. <laughs> I was totally kidding. Okay. It's the so, white. <laughs> right. I, I know. I know. So, I know, so just white. blurring that out, though. Um, so you could have it look a little more intense, but then going over it with that white uh, would just kind of it blur just, that it out. It knocks it back. Yeah, yeah. It knocks it back and it blends nice. it. It's amazing. Yeah. I, I would suggest anyone that's doing blurry backgrounds to just try it a little bit. Mm. I mean, you can always bring it back up if you're not too heavy handed. Very but, good tip. Um, I love that. So, do you burnish? I mean, do you try to press hard? Yeah, towards the end? you do. Is everything burnished? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Almost everything. You're is intentionally getting to that point where you're burnishing at the end, right? And you're building up soft and, and light even layers before, even, even before, before I'm done. Okay. Because uh, I'll go back over it again with pencil. Yeah. I can do yeah. that. Well, especially you know, you're it's using amazing Pablo's how much too. it will take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pablo's will just keep going on and on. Seems like too. I know luminance yeah. too seems to me like it yeah, keeps yeah, going, they will. So, and Bristol vellum, I'm sure, helps in that regard as well. So that's mm-hmm. very cool. Very yeah, cool. that that paper, man, you can take twelve. 14 layers and it, it's still it yeah and intact. burnishing you it's can really you can press really hard so if you're heavy-handed absolutely. i think it's a very good paper even to use yeah for heavy-handed people especially that's awesome yeah and i do get very heavy-handed mm-hmm. in the in the end um yeah. some of my pieces that i did show one the bear i did the side kind of the side view of it and mm-hmm. it is really indented and, and oh, yeah it's yeah. very textural by the time i'm done because i am is it an even it textural look to it? Like if you do you see a glare and it's all even or does that bother you? Like no. sometimes you can see unevenness in that burnishing. Yeah, you know, um, mm-hmm. only if you're kind of looking at it really sideways. Okay. But um, yeah, after yeah. I spray it, what do you use? that seems to just not to be sure, a problem. Yeah. Um, I use what you use because I took it from you. Oh, the Lascaux? Yeah. Yeah. However you pronounce it. <laughs> well, that, that's expensive. what I'm going with today. Lascaux. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I believe you. <laughs> oh, very cool. But that's I heard awesome. you say that's what you use. Yeah. And so I went out and bought it. It's like three times. Cry- I think Cryon was the other one Cry-Long. I was using yeah. in the beginning. I, I, okay, I, I love it I because. Over to that. Yeah. And don't you love it? I mean, it just, it, it looks like you didn't put I anything do. on there. I mean, it's just so nice. I love it. I know it really, it does. Then it evens everything out yeah, and it, it looks really nice. So when you frame, do you uh, protect with glass or what do you do? Uh, my framer uses plexiglass. Okay. Yeah. The I plexiglass don't really is pretty know good now. why, but she does. It, but I do a lot of shipping. Good. So Well, there you go. Yeah, That's the best thing to do. I, I didn't even know. I didn't yeah. even know for like a couple of years that she was doing that <laughs> until I accidentally scratched it. Oh, that's And funny. then I found out. Yeah, yeah. And I said, 
have you always been using plexiglass? And he goes, yeah, I always use plexiglass. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> so you have a trusted so, framer in a smaller shop or something that you use? Yeah, she actually, the, her shop is out of her home. So oh, cool. uh, she's an yeah. artist too, and she makes mm. her own frames. So I kind of like, feel like nice. it's like a signature style, yeah, you know, Yeah. the way uh, she frames my art. Cause I nice. do it. I don't know. What is that? An eighth inch? What mats are? Well, this is like double that. So it's a real nice thick mat, single mat on there. And then she builds these beautiful walnut frames around mm, it. Wow. Or sometimes she stains it. Oh, yeah. Wow. It's really, she does a great job, Well, she That's does work awesome. for a lot of museums too. So oh, she knows wow. her stuff. That sounds yeah. like uh, a lucky find right there. Hang on to her. Sounds oh, like. man. Yeah. I tell you, framers out in California. I hope no one's a framer out in California. They are the least responsible people <laughs> at, around. Oh, <laughs> it's just, no. They're horrible out here. Oh, I yeah. used to be a framer in Wisconsin oh, for 10 years. Okay. So it is, I can say 10 that years, with a wow. lot of confidence. You've got a lot that, of experience, and so you know a good framer when you see one. My goodness. Yeah. Interesting. That's why I was always so picky. Yeah, yeah, sure. I think a lot of artists can, you know, that actually you can either enhance your work with a good framer, yeah. or you can, I've seen a lot of artist center shows, and the framing is just horrendous. And, you know, I personally yeah. can't, if I see someone with a bad framing job, yeah. I can't even look beyond it to see the artwork. Or really, I, yeah, I, I feel the same way. You know, I've seen hairs being framed before. I've seen bad fingerprints on the other side and things like that. Yeah, it, it yeah, does. It detracts the from the work. Cut really badly. It oh, the mat cuts in the, in the corner and yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's like, if you Uneven, can't cut oh my the mat, don't try it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just yeah you know it's worth it's investing the money to it find really a good is. framer and investing the money absolutely it really does enhance your work it's yeah. amazing yeah how much different it, it can looks. elevate yeah. the work or it can really bring it down that's for sure yeah i agree oh my goodness i cannot believe we are really out of time Catherine. i wish i could talk what? to you on and on i have a couple hours worth of discussion. <laughs> <laughs> i have 15 minutes until my next call Oh. oh, I'm sorry. You got to stop. You can't do no, that. Oh, <laughs> man. I feel like we barely, I'm serious. I felt like we barely skimmed the surface. I know. I, do. I okay. feel that same way, too. It's been great talking to you. Oh, you as well. Thank you so much. Thank and you. guys, if you're not seeing the video podcast, you're missing out. Uh, you can go over to Monthly Sharpener and you can enroll, subscribe, whatever you want to call it, into the member circle. There you have the back library of all the video podcasts that we've done, and Catherine's will be there as well. So you're really missing out can't if you're not. That. You can't miss that. That's right. You don't want to miss <laughs> of that. any of them. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put it right up at the top, front and center, right there. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but there's so many other things uh, and perks that you get inside of member circles. So go check it out. Low, low monthly cost for that membership. All right, guys, this is the Colored Pencil Podcast that comes out every single week. Comes out on Monday at 3 a.m. We've been getting a lot of brand new people following the show. I guess Apple Podcasts is changing that to follow pretty soon here instead of subscribing. But if you um, still go by that term, subscribe then. If you go by follow, go follow the podcast. We've just crossed over 12,000 downloads uh, for just the month of March. So that's a huge, huge um, milestone for me to get 
to that point. So very, very appreciative of that. If it wasn't for you guys, there would not be a show. So if you want to reach out, you can email podcast at sharpenedartist.com. And I'll talk to you again next week. And until then, take care and stay sharp. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com. Thank you.